kind of expected a lot fewer people at the first service, so this is kind of nice. I was like, all right. The only reason I did that is because we've got something going on after the second service that I kind of anticipated folks going, and yeah, we're all going to show, we're all going to like pack the house on the second service and get some things done. Um, as you guys know, we are going through what's called the story. Don't leave, guys. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> well, if you want us not to be here, we'll go. No. Uh, we're going through what's called the story, and some of you guys uh, are like, you're brand new, this is your first time, I got, I've met several visitors this morning, good to see you guys this morning, uh, we've been going through the story for about four months, and you may be thinking, oh shoot, uh, if we start coming here, I'm going to have time to catch up, have no fear, this is the last week of the story for like several weeks, we're actually finishing up the Old Testament today, and we're going to be finishing up Malachi uh, today, which is uh, an, an awesome thing, but ultimately what we've been doing is we've been looking at the story from the, from the viewpoint of God's story, his upper story, and we're wanting to align ourselves with his upper story here while we're living in the lower story, so we're asking people to read the story, and, and this is an opportunity over the next couple of months, really, we're going to be doing a couple of other things, so you can actually catch up, so get the story, read the story up through chapter 21, which we, we're we are in today, and then when we, take it, we catch back up on chapter 22 in a couple of months, we'll start talking about the birth of Jesus right around Christmas time, those kinds of things. Uh, it'll be good for you to do that. I want, to, I want you to come hear the messages on Sunday morning as we, as we go through this, and as we kind of have this gap, we want you to enjoy that time and, and really take what you're learning on Sunday mornings, what we're doing in Kid City is the same thing we're doing upstairs. Take those things, discuss these things with your family, and share with other people. I want you to be, ultimately, it's not about us having information download, amen? I mean, learning stuff. You guys know I'm all about, like, learning the Bible and Bible studies and, and, and scripturally-based preaching because we believe that the, the Bible is the errant, inerrant, inspired Word of God, amen? And we believe that. But, but ultimately, it doesn't really matter if we believe that and know that and study that. If we do nothing with it, it's useless. Might as well just stay home, right? So ultimately, it ma what matters is that we, do we learn the scriptures and do what it says? And do we share with other people what we're learning and, and ultimately make disciples? See, this afternoon, we've got something called, it's called blessing baskets. And we have an opportunity to go out and we're blessing 21 families. And we had more than enough people sign up. I mean, which is kudos to New City Church, right? I mean, this is, that's awesome. Because we were thinking, well... Hopefully get enough people, but if not, you know, Judy and I can go and get this family, get that family, we can get, ask some people to do it and that kind of thing. We could figure that out. We had more than enough. And we're like, well, we may have to just do more next year, right? So we have more than enough people actually sign up to help a, a family. So 21 families, groups of people came together and said, we'll, we'll do that. And so we're, after the second service, we're going to be assembling those baskets, praying over those baskets, and going and sharing with those people. And, and, and it's really cool because Judy and I went to every single household yesterday. And all but, I think, four people were there. And so we left a card on there saying, hey, you've got, a, you've got something coming. So, we, so people are expecting it. And what I did was I said, hey, I'm Casey, I'm the pastor over at New City Church, just wanted you guys to know you have a gift coming tomorrow. What is that? That's all I can tell you, right? And so they, they don't have any idea what it is. And so when we go and we bless these folks, guys, there may be things, hey, what do you guys believe? Hey, what do you guys study? Hey, what's going on? That you can share with, other, with those folks, right? This is an evangelical thing. We have another opportunity that uh, ladies are putting together. And if you look back in the corner, back over here, we've got what's called an ornament exchange. Ladies, this is the last day of getting the tickets right so 
We want to do that, and we are bringing people from outside the church into the church, so it's a great way, an opportunity. If you want to get questions asked, Judy Carter will take care of you right there. So, And Jennifer Long as well. And There are several people. Just go back to the back and say, hey, what's this all about type of thing. But it's a great way to get folks to come in. Also, as you guys know, we are doing something what's called, we're, we're, we're are for the next several months, really, and this will be something that we do as a church for a long time long time our goal is to completely eliminate the need for foster care in the in the community the state of kansas has i think but somebody i've heard between three and five thousand foster children i've, I've heard as high as fifty six hundred foster children in the state of kansas there are about that many churches and if one church took one kid we'd be done amen and so we're going to do our part and something called the care portal man is something that you, you guys saw the video last week and everything is just just a remarkable way that that some people freak out they go oh oh I, I do I have to take a kid into my home uh, if God calls you yeah but if God doesn't call you to do that no right so what we do is we say hey there there are ways that you can actually bless a family that has that has lost their child to the foster care system that all they need is something like a crib to get their kid back all they need is something like a refrigerator and something like a bet. You know what? We can do that. And we can share our, what we're learning in, 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 in through the story. We can share what we're learning here with those families. Amen. I mean, it's, it's just about taking it out of these walls. It's not about Sunday morning. It's about Monday through Sunday all the time being the church, not going to church. And all God's people said, amen. See, so what we've done is we've gone through what's called like I said, the story, and we started with something called the creation account in Genesis. If you recall, uh, that's when God made everything, right? And, and the cool thing is, man, is that we believe without a doubt that God made everything. This whole, some of this stuff about, and I don't want to get into this, these you know, debates about evolution and all that kind of stuff, man. But, but I'm looking at a God, if he's worth worshiping, can actually do what he said in the Bible, right? And so we, we learned about creation. We learned about the fall of man, the sin of man, the... And it was all Eve's fault, right? Adam, had, Adam was an innocent by... No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. But we did learn that, that Adam and Eve both sinned. And so there was this fall. And, and eventually man got so corrupt that they had... I mean, God showed that he like reigned with this crazy flood. And he saved one family of, of Noah. And out of that family came you know, Abraham. And he promised Abraham like this, this great you know, nation that you're going to be built into and abraham had a son named isaac isaac had a son named jacob who eventually became the the 12 tribes of israel and we talked about joseph and his amazing technicolor dream co no not really but but you know we talked about joseph and the fact that joseph wound up saving the israelites and then we went through a period of what's called judges where where god sent people to to essentially bring up his 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 people the israelites from sin and this the cycle of sin and repentance and repeating and then we talked about a young lady named ruth and we talked about a a, a guy named samuel who and who, who who was the last essential judge and who who appointed a guy named saul as the first king saul was pretty cool at first then he became kind of crazy and then he tried to kill a young guy named david who was going to take his job from him david eventually becomes king and the kingdom is torn because David's son Solomon becomes the most wealthy, the most favored. I mean, he wrote a couple, wrote some books of the Bible, that kind of thing. But eventually, lost his way because he started marrying all. See, it's always the women's fault, right? No, no, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> the lady's like, no. 
Dude's like, oh, that, hey, I'm going to pay attention to this guy. No. But, but he married a whole bunch of ladies that were like, they were worshiping other, other idols. They were like 700 wives or something like that. This dude was, wow, crazy. And so, so God basically tore the kingdom apart. And then we had, he had prophets. He sent prophets. We're going to talk about a couple of those prophets today. He sent prophets like five, over 500 years to try to tell the people, look, repent. Look, come back to me. Look, change your hearts. Look, look you're, you're jacked up here, man. You're messed up here. Do this. And, and, and he kept sending prophet after prophet after prophet. The kingdom finally comes to a crash. We had a guy named Daniel that came into Babylon. We talked a couple of weeks about him. Last week, the talked about the rebuilding of the, the temple, and we've talked about that over the last couple of weeks with Ezra coming and rebuilding the temple. Last week we had Ezra and Nehemiah. You had Charlie Blair here last week. Was that not awesome, by the way? To have Charlie Blair here, man. Elder Charlie, boy. I'm telling you, what he and his wife, the, the war horse, is that right? Anita, I'm, I'm telling you, man, to have them talk about the rebuilding of Jerusalem through Nehemiah, and there's so many things that we can learn from that. It's just it's great. But this week, this week as we find, finalize the Old Testament portion of the, of the story, we're going to talk about Malachi. And Malachi is God's final Old Testament prophet. And in, and in four chapters, Malachi like tears Israel up. I mean, his leadership, man, he, especially the leadership, but he talks to people about bad sacrifices. You know, you're supposed to have perfect sacrifices when you come into God. And he, hey, man, what are you doing? Giving me blind Blind animals, lame animals, jacked up animals, what are you talking about? He talks about a, 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 the hearts that don't love him, right? And, which is an amazing thing because Jesus comes, one of the first things he says in the, his first public ministry sermon, or the Sermon on the Mount, what does he say? Hey, if you have murder in your heart, right? I mean, it's the same message. It's the same, what, what, what Charlie Blair said was the same crimson thread that ran through all of the Old Testament into the New Testament, it was Jesus from beginning in Genesis all the way to the end. It's all about the Messiah, all about Jesus. Any, you know, Malachi talks about marriages that don't work, you know, to, to women that worship uh, foreign gods. This is the whole thing that crashed Solomon, right? And unfaithfulness in marriage. I mean, Malachi, like, throw, threw it down. I remember talking to Audra Shuey, our Kid City director, a couple of weeks ago. By the way, she is like, fired up about the old testament she's like in, intensely reading stuff texting all the time like man what does this mean this is crazy so i got a couple of things she asked i'm going to answer today but but she asked me about malachi she's like this don't sound like a good feel good story i said uh no it's really not i mean man god is like throwing down it's like he's saying look guys guys you're, you're messed up you're jacked up and this is the the like like the final old testament prophet that he says and let me let me show you what he says in Malachi 3. And he pretty much goes off, not only on those things, but also about generosity. And he points to God coming back, and I love this. Here's what he says. Now keep in mind, this is not Malachi saying he's coming back. This is God speaking through Malachi, the prophet, saying, Tell the Israelites this. He said, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. And this messenger became, became John the Baptist, actually. He was the, the guy who, who, who made the path straight. In fact, it says that Elijah will be coming back. And, and Jesus called John the Baptist the spirit of Elijah. So it's all the same message. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. 
And he will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. And the, the Lord will have men who will bring offerings to in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in former years. So I will come and put you on what? Trial. Wow. It's not a feel-good story of the year, right? God is like, it is time. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, those who, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. I, the Lord, do not change. Amen to that. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me. He keeps telling them this, chance after chance after chance. Return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. And in the middle of all that, right after this, this is what he says. But you ask, how are we to return? A mere mortal rob, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And God answers, in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to, room enough to store it. I will, prevent, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruits before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed. For yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. And God, in the middle of all that, is saying, if you don't have a generous heart, if you're cheating me, you're robbing me. Isn't that wild? You would think he'd be talking about all this other stuff and really, man, you would think that he would be saying things like, I'm going to be, and by the way, Malachi ends on chapter 4, pointing to him coming back, pointing to God coming back, and God goes dark for 400 years. It wasn't until Jesus came back, man. I'm like, what the heck? And, and he would think that he would be thinking about talking about other things besides generosity and money. But he includes that at his final state. And he says, mic drop, boom, I'm done. I've had enough of you guys for 400 years. I'll be back. Amazing. See, last week when Charlie was talking about Nehemiah, and, you know, I will always say that, the, that all of Genesis and all of the Old Testament is all about Jesus. And, in fact, Jesus comes and he says, Hey, you guys read those scriptures as if those are going to save you, but those scriptures are about me. If you believed Moses, you would believe me because Moses wrote about me. I mean, even Jesus said those things, right? And, and, and so when I look at all of the Old Testament, I'm like, it's pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus. I'm going to back up last week to what Charlie was talking about and how does what Charlie talked about Remember he was talking about rebuilding Jerusalem? It's like, what does that even, what does that have to do with Jesus, right? Because in Nehemiah, you can learn things about leadership, and it's great to do messages like that. You could say, hey man, he, was, he gave great vision. He gave great provision and put systems in place and great motivation for the people to, to, do, to build a wall, right? And to the celebration of achievements. It's good to do those kinds of things. And, and the full reliance on God, it's great to do those things, right? And it's great, and, and I can preach that. And in Nehemiah 6.15 said, so the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul. How do you say that? <laughs> oh, you're, that'll work. 
Just say it quickly and incompetently, Casey, and everybody think you'll know what you're talking about. <coughs> in 52 days. And so that's what Charlie was like. That's a miracle. That's impossible, right? But understand something. God is not bound by time. And, and God can even expand time. And I, I've seen this happen in my own life when I think, God, there's no way with my kind of crazy schedule I could do this. And how many people have said, oh, I sure would love to get involved, but I'm too busy. But yet we can pray to God, God, will you expand my money? God, will you expand this? But God can expand time. How do we know? How do we know this? I want to read you something that Charlie read last week in Nehemiah 2, verses 1 through 9. But I do need to, a little bit of help here in just a second. Can I have somebody come stand right here? Cool, right on. Who's got it? Ah, my man. We got two. Uh, we got two. I need somebody standing over here. All right, stand right here. All right. I should have put little duct tape things or something. If you'll stand right back here just a little bit. I want to make sure it's balanced. You know I'm kind of freaked out about balance, right? Got to make sure all the drapes, all the blinds are the same. Make sure nothing, okay. Make sure all the chairs are straight. I'm not preaching. Mm-mm. All right. <laughs> like, He's not preaching if it's nothing balanced. Let's mess everything up. No, I'm kidding. Nehemiah 2. I need somebody else to volunteer to be. They got a calculator on their phone. Somebody who wants to pretend not to be texting. Thank you very much. All right, can you? <coughs> All right. I was texting anyway. It's cool. All right. Nehemiah 2, verses 1 through 9. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year, what month was that? Nisan, thank you. In the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, so there was a specific time that this was taking place. When wine was brought for him, remember, Nehemiah was the cupbearer. I took the wine and gave it to the king, and I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should, I, why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors were buried lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. He's talking about Jerusalem. The king said to, said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried, so that I can what? Rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, how long will your journey take, and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of, of the trans-Euphrates, and uh, so that they will provide me a safe conduct until I arrive in Judah? And may I have a, a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by this temple for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy? And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my requests. So I went to the governors of the trans-Euphrates and gave them to the king's letters. The king had also sent army official officers and cavalry with me. And some people look at this and go, well, what's that got to do with Jesus? Casey, I mean, that's just rebuilding a wall. That's just a, a, a Nehemiah going to Artaxerxes saying, hey, I need to rebuild a, a wall. What's the big deal? I don't understand what you mean by that being who Jesus is or pointing to Jesus. A couple weeks ago, we were going through Daniel. I got a text from Audra saying, I'm really struggling with Daniel 9. 
And so I met her downstairs. I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? What specific verses are you talking about? She goes, 25 to 26. I'm like, yes, rock and roll, man. I need you guys to pick up this string for a second, all right? Can you hold it really tight? If I had planned better, I would have painted this red as the crimson thread that we were talking about. Can you hold it up a little bit? I need you guys to smile, too. Okay, thanks. <laughs> all right. Daniel 9. 25 through 26. This is written like in the 500s BC, okay? Daniel 9, 25 through 26 says this. No one understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Does that sound familiar? We just learned about this in Nehemiah. Until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens, right? I'm going to write that down. Seven sevens and 62 sevens. Can you guys see that okay? Do I need to write bigger or smaller? Okay, cool. And it will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death and will have nothing. And this is the This is the reflection of the Messiah that's coming, right? Okay, now I got a couple of guys, according to Norman Geisler and according to a guy named Harold Honer, this decree that was written in Nehemiah 2, 1 through 9 that we read a second ago, was written in 444 B.C. You guys still smiling? Thank you very much. All right, 444 B.C. That's when this decree was written. Keep in mind that Daniel was written somewhere by the window. Okay, like in the 500s, okay? This is a timeline here, but it's not straight. Can you go, remember I can't preach if it ain't straight. All right, cool. (laughs) This guy's a freak. Jesus was crucified in 33 AD, according to these guys. All right, and I believe them. They've studied it a lot harder than I have studied it, for sure. And so there's a, according to what Daniel said, that there is a, by the time the decree was written, to the time the Messiah is crucified or cut off, the anointing was, is that there's going to be seven sevens and 62 sevens. So seven sevens is a set of what? 49 years. Is that correct? Calculator man? Seven sevens is 49 years, right? Can you guys see that? Okay. How much is 62 sevens? <laughs> I can't do that on your own, can you? <laughs> See why I need a calculator, right? 434. All right, you guys can fill that out in your bulletins too. Okay. Now, before we start doing addings in our heads and stuff like that, let me go through a couple more things. In the prophecy, in Nehemiah, it said that it was in the month of Nisan, right? Oh, wait. I forgot about the, I forgot about the baby. This is the birth of Jesus, right? Everybody say, look at the baby, right? You look just like a baby. Now, some people say that Jesus was born in 4 B.C. Some people say he was born in 14 A.D. Ultimately, he was born. The time frame between these two doesn't change, right? So don't let that freak you out. Now, here's the thing. This decree was given, according to these guys, in 444 B.C. What month was it given? Because remember, the month of Nisan. Does anybody know what month that is? In our language. 
Archer April. God's already had it up. Right on, man. All right, cool. So here's what we got. This is actually, because it was in March or April, this is actually 443, right? 0.75 years from this birth. Why is that? Because this is 444th year B.C. It was in the March or April, so you've got to work backwards. So it's 443.75 years from the birth of Christ. This one over here is 30, 32.25 years from the birth of Christ. Over here, everybody got me on that so far. Does that make sense? Because when, is, when was Jesus crucified? Around Passover, we celebrate Easter around that time, which is what? Like March or April, right? So you got 443.75 years from the birth of Christ. From the birth of Christ to the crucifixion of Christ is 32.25 years. Exactly. What does it say? So oh, somebody add up for me 443.75 and 32.25. What is that? 476. So we should have... All right, so if we add up 434 plus 49, what do we got? We should have 476, right? Come on, calculator, help me out. <coughs> 483? Okay. Well, maybe we should just go home. The Bible's got a big old error in it right now, right? You catch what I'm saying on this? What month did they say this happened? Nissan, wait a minute. They didn't use the same kind of calendar we use that we use today. The calendar we use today wasn't developed till way after these guys. In fact, these guys used the Hebrew calendar right around here. Daniel used what's called a lunar calendar. You know what a lunar calendar is? A lunar calendar is based on the lunar cycle. A lunar calendar is a 360-day calendar. Does anybody see a problem with using a lunar calendar versus a calendar that we use today it's different exactly right yeah that that would be a problem right 360 days it's actually 12 30 day calendars so check this out so what we need to be doing is saying okay so if it's 483 we need to be saying there's that's lunar years right that's what daniel said so we need to find out how many days that is well, how many days is 483 times 360 how come we're doing math in church? This is stupid, right? The youth. I was speaking from a youth guy, sorry. Oh, man, okay, hold on. I need to stretch out for it. All right, 173,880. I was hoping you'd say that. So in other words, from the time the decree is written to the time the anointed one has come off, is cut off, right, is killed, is 173,880 days. Same days that we use today, right? So what we need to do, how many, how many days are in our year? 0.25. Yeah, for 365.25, every four years we got to add another, right? So if we divide 365.25, into 173,880, what do you get? Boom. Yeah, wow. Wow is right. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you trust the scriptures? 
man, the scriptures are right on every single time. And when people say, see, I told you there's, a, there's an error. That's why I don't go to church, right? Guys, we need to understand that the scriptures are real and legit. That God said what's going to happen is going to happen. And he made it happen on his time. He's outside of time. So when he says, uh, I'm the way, when Jesus comes back, says, I'm the way, somewhere in here, right? Says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He's the only one in all of history that has the credibility to back it up. Amen. Amen. Come on, guys. So when we start looking at the, at the Scriptures and go, why do I got to... Got to be generous. Why do I got to do those things? Because this is what Jesus did. And he's the one that says, be like me, right? That's who we are. Are we the Bible-believing Jesus freaks that we're supposed to be, church? Right? I'm not talking about the Bible thumper and hitting people over the head with the Bible, man. I'm talking about, like, living our lives like this is real. This really happened. Amen? So we've got a baptism today, man. Don't think that if, you're, if you want to be baptized today, don't, don't think that you can't be. We'll figure that out. The water is warm, right? One day I said it was and it wouldn't. <laughs> Surprise. But I'm telling you what, man. Guys, give these guys a hand. Great model. So you just put it right down. Thank you, guys. Guys, I want you to be thinking about as we, as we give the Thanksgiving offering today. As we go through baptisms today, as we give the blessing baskets out to people today, and we come back for the 5 o'clock service, please come back for the 5 o'clock service. It is going to rock your world. That we do this all for the glory of God because he has shown his glory. And all God's people said, amen. Father, we love you. And we can't thank you enough for what you have done. We can't thank you enough, Lord, for, man, for putting in your word the absolute impossible into your where i mean how, how in the unless you're god unless you're real that doesn't happen and so god as we as we're baptized today as we have our friend og getting baptized this morning as we have anybody else that god has laid on their heart it is I, i'm going to declare myself a follower of jesus and they want to get baptized too man we're not going to stop them and god as we take the offerings today We've got an incredible story in a video here in a little bit. And God, we just love you. And as we do what you have asked us to do today, may you be blessed and glorified. Send your son's awesome and amazing and incredibly impossible name. All God's people said, amen.